from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. This Friday, pianist Dave Grelly will take the stage at the Grandel. He and his soul jazz band, Dave Grelly's Playadors, are just one of 55 acts playing this weekend at Music at the Intersection. And that is Dave Grelly's Playadors. They're playing music at the intersection on Friday. A huge range of talented local acts take to six different stages, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's all happening in Grand Center. And joining us today to tell us about it and tell us about his work is the band leader, composer, and pianist, Dave Grelly. Dave, welcome. Thanks for having me. So, Dave, it strikes me that Music at the Intersection is arguably the city's first major local music festival since the RFT's last music showcase. That was in June of 2019. It's a long time ago. Yeah. Does this feel like a big deal for everybody to kind of be back together playing in the same space again? It does for sure, and especially with the, um, the focus on local musicians and the history, the rich history of music here in St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, these these 55 different acts that are here, it seems like everybody's either local or has a strong local connection. They were playing here up until recently. Yeah, definitely. Even like some of the international acts on the bill, you know, their bands are all St. Louis cats, so... So that's pretty exciting. Um, I know you were able to get back and play your first live show. I don't want to say post-pandemic because we're clearly still in a pandemic here, but you were able to do that at City Foundry in May. Was it cool to be back in person again after all this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, unfortunately, we got some crazy cold weather out of nowhere. It was like 35 degrees. I remember that weekend. On stage. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we had a great time. It was just, uh, it kind of came out of nowhere, but yeah, the vibes were amazing on stage, you know, after not playing live music that long. Um, yeah, it's like therapy. So, Have you been able to play many shows since then in the last couple months? Yeah, I have. I mean, I've, you know, I've specifically been focusing on playing more outdoor shows, mm-hmm. um, some festival stuff, neighborhood stuff uh, like that. But yeah, st- uh, gigs have picked up for sure. Um, you know, when you when that goes away for a while, you know, I almost bit off more than I could chew, like playing with everybody I could because... Uh, you were too excited to get back to it. Well, yeah, that and also, uh, I don't really know what winter is going to look like. Yeah, like, try with, to get in as many shows as you can before the Ice Age. Yeah, well, and with the way things are trending, you know, our venue's all going to be open. So, yeah. yeah, just trying to hit while we can. So this sort of summer of performances and of being really busy and, you know, this big musical festival coming up, um, this comes after what was not an easy year for you. You lost your father a year ago tomorrow. Um, Is that anniversary on your mind? Sorry. Um, And I'm sorry. No, 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 that's okay. Um, Yeah, it was a brutal year um, for a lot of people out there and... Yeah, tomorrow's the anniversary. 
COVID, for anybody who's lost somebody over COVID, um, not even if they passed away from COVID, but it was a really hard time to be there to support, you know, whoever's going through what they're going through. It's It was really hard to get family in to support him, to support my mom. And then after the fact, there's also like uh, just a really, it's really hard to grieve, you know, because mm-hmm. we couldn't have a proper funeral. Yeah. Couldn't really have a big gathering. Um, and, you know, just to be there for people in the family who have lost others. Uh, yeah, it was tough. It was and, then, tough. And, then, <laughs> and then you take out the thing, you know, uh, you know, my livelihood, my career, you know, when you take that away, it's just like, okay, 2021, let's do this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, did you find yourself, I mean, you're both dealing with just huge grief and yet kind of nowhere to take it. Yeah, and that's why, like, you know, getting back on the stage, um, yeah, like I was saying, it's it's like therapy. Yeah. You know, being around. You know, I'm fortunate enough to um, play the gigs I want to play. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm never on stage, you know, like, oh, this is a bummer of a gig. Like. <laughs> You're not going to take that job. <laughs> no, no. It's pretty much, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be there. Um, but, yeah, I'm surrounded by pretty much my friends and family and great music. So so I want to talk about another situation when your friends and family came together. I mean, 2020 was not your first really horrible, <laughs> really tough year. I mean, you have yeah. an amazing story here in that something absolutely horrible happened to you. And yet you're still here. And you're not just here. You're making music. I mean, this could have been in doubt yeah. if we go back to 2016. No doubt, yeah. And for those who don't know, um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a crazy year. My wife had just lost both her parents within two weeks apart to cancer. And a couple months after that, uh, my wife was nine months pregnant. And I was going to pick up dinner. Uh, we live right off South Grand. I was in the crosswalk walking across the street, and I got hit by a drunk driver, um, carried on her car for about a block. Then uh, she dumped me in the middle of Grand. And fortunately, um, my guardian angel, call her, um, Isabel, she was driving down the street. She thought it was a bag of trash in the middle of the road. At the last minute, she saw my socks moving because oh. um, I got knocked out of my shoes. And so she saw my socks moving, and she stopped. Uh, fortunately, she worked at a victim burn unit previously, so she wasn't, like, phased by lots of blood and gore and things hanging on by <laughs> tendons and all kinds of oh my God. nasty stuff. And so, yeah, and she stopped traffic. I mean, and thank God she did. You know, right behind her was a metro bus, which of you know there were so many things wow. that just lined up kind of perfectly um, for me to still be here because um, I broke dozens of bones, lacerated my liver, like punctured lungs, spleen, all kinds of stuff. So it was imperative that I got to a hospital really quickly, and I did. She and, got you there. Um, well, an ambulance happened to be. Driving wow. down Wow, so Grand she stopped you from getting hit by multiple other cars, and then an ambulance is going by. Yeah. It stops. Yeah. I mean, this really is a miracle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Flat yeah. out, yes. a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, Do you remember yeah. any of this? I mean, the last thing I remember is, so it was the night the Cubs won the World Series, which, oh. or did they? I have... <laughs> 
no <laughs> recollection of them winning anything. But um, no, and I was I was uh, kind of texting back and forth with some buddies. Um, it was like lightly raining, and I just parked my car and. I like made a couple texts because I had a couple. I figured I had a couple minutes before the food would be ready to pick up, take home to my wife, and um, I got out of my car, went to the cro- you know, went to the corner. Um, I just remember seeing Treehouse, you know, the name of the restaurant, like, you know, as I was probably like halfway into the intersection at this point, and the next thing I remember was just waking up with like kind of lights mm-hmm. going by my head. Um, yeah, because I was on in the middle of Grand. And, yeah. and then I remember people saying, like, you know, can you feel your legs? And I was like, yeah, they're fine. And then I like, tried to move my leg, and it definitely <laughs> wasn't fine. And, um, so, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the last thing I remember. So your wife, I mean, you'd mentioned she was nine months pregnant and yeah. also that she'd just lost both of her parents. I mean, this is just a nightmare situation. Um, what does she remember of that time? I, I mean, that's just got to have been a, a horrible phone call. Yeah. And I mean, she woke up and had a bunch of missed calls, had no idea what was going on. I had taken her car, so she didn't have her key. And I had my keys on me. Great, oh, no. Yeah. Great move. So she had like really no way to do anything, call my mom, um, call the hospitals, like eventually figured it out. But um, yeah. So she didn't just figure out that. And this is of this story that is such a a bleak, terrible story. The the kind of like the part that makes this not just utterly just sad is that she then kind of cracked this case. (laughs) She did the police work here. Oh, yeah. I should mention she's a she's a former uh, TV reporter. Uh huh. So she came in with some skills. Oh, she has, yeah. But she was not about to let this hit-and-run driver just get away with almost killing you. No, 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 no. You don't double-cross Casey Grelly. She will find you. She, you don't, yeah, you don't mess with her family. Mama Bear gets, <laughs> gets mad. Yeah, the cops, you know, they they were just like, yeah, it was probably just some, you know, inner-city thug in a stolen car and this and that. And they were, like, interviewing me when I was, like, blacked out in a hospital bed. And, uh... So, yeah, they were, it was just kind of like, okay, I guess we'll never know. And, um, yeah, my wife, um, along with one of my buddies, I used to play in a band with Core Project back in the day, bassist Todd Miller. He, he um, worked for the FBI. And, you know, they basically canvassed neighborhood and, um, you know, eventually got access to some cameras that were on the street and... Yeah, she tracked this girl down, you know, some, you know, this, this white was... little hippie girl out in, like, St. Peter's. Not exactly a inner city thug, but, um, yeah, whatever that means. But, um, but yeah, not what the police had had in mind. They, no. she and then she put to together, the Yeah, and then she put together, like, some insane PowerPoint with, like, everything, brought it down to, you know, brought it downtown and... Um, I don't know if it was the prosecuting attorney or someone at the police station, but they were like, wow. <laughs> you, you just This did is all like better work. than any of the detective work we've seen. It's like, oh, really? Um, so, yeah, she, yeah, in the middle, I mean, and that's in the middle of like, you know, being nine months pregnant. And, yeah, she's, 
she's an incredible woman. This this is amazing. I'm glad that Mama Bear had your back. Oh, she yeah. did not allow this to go unnoticed. <laughs> I will say, and, and we're going to get to the music here in just a minute, but... Um, you know, I mean, sort of the the ending of the story is in classic city fashion. This driver still ended up just getting probation. Yeah. 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 But yeah. at least this is now on her record. So. Yeah, that was, a you know, it's crazy seeing that in person, seeing like, you know, the privilege go down in front of your eyes where you're seeing, a, you know, a bunch of black men. Essentially, we're all in the courtroom and seeing them get like put away for petty crimes, marijuana, stuff like that. Um and then a w- woman, a young woman who's already had a DWI, assaulting an officer, all the stuff on her record, the judge is literally like, well, we just want you to have a, have a chance to finish college. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so she gets probation. <laughs> okay. That's, this is how it goes down. Okay. We're talking today to the musician Dave Grelly. Um, Dave survived a hit-and-run accident in 2016 where, man, this could have gone either way. But he is here with us today. His band is Dave Grelly's Playa Doors. They're playing music at the intersection this Friday. That's a huge music festival with a ton of local acts. And, Dave, you launched the Playa Doors two years after you almost lost your life. You had 22 broken bones. Were you able to just get right back into playing music? Um, I mean, yes and no. I- you know, I was in like a hospital bed for a while and then kind of graduated to wheelchair. And as soon as I could get in a wheelchair, you know, fortunately, and I'm, I'm pointing to my like back, it's, I, I broke my scapula in multiple places, but so I had limited range. But the one, you know, the one part of me that was kind of fine was um, like my hands and mm. like forearms. And so it kind of forced me to get back to kind of playing basic stuff. Um, Because you'd lost, I mean, you were having real problems with your short-term memory. Yeah, I had a lot of head trauma. I mean, I had to go see a um, speech pathologist to learn how to, like, kind of speak again. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, even doing this kind of stuff and having conversations um, with people um, for extended periods of time or whatever, um, it can be, like, super exhausting still because Mm -hmm. um, it's crazy. You take it for granted, but... I actually have to think about what I'm saying, you know, the whole time. And I really have to focus on what people are saying because um, – and maybe that's getting a little older too. But, um, but yeah, it's been tough. So I had to kind of teach myself over again to play a little bit. And, um, and is that the case with music too where you really have to focus the way you really have to focus to talk the way you used to talk? Yeah. I mean, there's – yeah, th- they totally coincide and it's the same, you know, it's – you, you take it for granted, like everything under your fingers, and then it kind of goes away, and you kind of have to relearn it. And some of it's there. Some of the muscle memory is still there. But, uh, but yeah, it was difficult, and I was kind of just sitting around, and, and, you know, I had no plans to, you know, my band before the feed. We hadn't done anything. I just didn't really know what I was going to do. I'd been playing a bunch with Funky Bo Brass Band and doing some hip-hop stuff here and there, but I didn't really know what I'd do. And Bob Bennett from uh, Jazz of the Bistro... He was kind of nudging me, you know, um, and eventually was just like, okay, dude, I'm giving you a date, a weekend, four shows at the Bistro. You're going to put a band together, and you're going to do it. And, um, and yeah, I just, I mean, that's what I needed. I just kind of rose to the challenge, and I just got the band, like, 
yeah, I just surrounded myself with friends and and that's the plot superior of musicians and <laughs> and then uh, yeah, that was how it was born. So and has that been pretty much then the same composition since that moment where you were forced, kind of gun to the head, to to form a band? Yeah. So yeah, and I wrote some originals um, that you know, r- you know, right before the pan. And it's funny because that was the first gig I did back, and then the last show, so many friends and. Um, fans of the band have said the last show they saw, like until things opened up again, was we played the Bistro the 13th and 14th of March, mm. 2020, and then the next day, that Sunday, everything was shut down. So that was like the last show I had played for a while too. So, um, and for people who didn't come out for that, we were gonna we were about to go in the studio and record some songs and live stream it and all this stuff, and then. Yeah. So are you still going to do that? I mean, it seems like the Plydors has been a band that, that's out playing a lot of gigs. It hasn't necessarily been a recording band. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I always, lately, I've, over the last couple of years, you know, the whole, like, okay, weighing the, yes, I love recording music. I love recording albums. It's also, people don't realize, insanely expensive. And, you know, when you're getting a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a cent for, you know, spending all this time and money, you know, so I just wanted to make sure... I had all the compositions. I want to film it all. I wanted to do it all right. And for a while, getting as big of a band as I have in the studio physically just wasn't safe. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, we're there again. And I'm excited to try out some more new tunes tomorrow night. Yeah, it's going to be cool. So we want to mention when you're playing tomorrow night, um, it's it's not just the Pliadors. You also have said you're being joined by the three best singers in St. Louis. Just give us a little foreshadow Uh-oh. here. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, with this band, there's a lot of instrumental compositions. And then also I love to bring vocalists in here and there. And, yeah, I'm thrilled that we've got Anita Jackson Joanna Serenko and Emily Wallace all joining us. Um, wow, they were working on three-part harmonies last night, and it's absurd. Wow. So, so yeah. this is going to be all, It's like playing God. I mean, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Dave, I got to ask you, in addition to the Pliadors, which is a show people really need to check out mm-hmm. again, that's at Music at the Intersection, you also know all the other musicians in town. What's the one show you're most looking forward to seeing at Music at the Intersection? Ooh. I mean, are you talking local? Or are you talking yeah, like... Yeah, one of the locals. Okay, Yeah. I mean, I lo- I'm a big fan of Brothers Lazaroff, you know. They're awesome. Yeah, I'm a, you know. What's the man. non-local? Non- well, I'm a huge John Cleary fan. I love New Orleans music. I mean, I love Layla Hathaway, um, Gregory Porter. You know, he's got almost an all St. Louis band. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about all that stuff. Tonina, you know, she's a... She's amazing. Yeah, she's going to be great. Anita Jackson's doing her own gig. I mean, yeah. So that's music at the intersection. The Mighty um, Pines? How did I leave them out? I mean, yeah, yeah. I could just go There's on There's almost and on. too many. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, here we're talking about 55 acts here. You can get more information at musicattheintersection.org. Uh, they're doing day passes for this, so you can see multiple bands. Those day passes start at $55. And, of course, one of those bands that you can get, um, that you can see, is Dave Grelly's Pliadors. So, Dave Grelly, I want to thank you so much for joining us and, and just sharing um, about music and also more serious things, too. Yeah, thank you for having me 
so much. And also, I'm also lucky enough to be performing with Funky Butt Brass Band on Sunday. Oh, wow. That's so you're Sunday playing show. twice. Yeah, I'm double dipping. I got it. That's got awesome. It. <laughs> well, we're going to go out of the show with just a little more Dave Grelly. Dave mentioned Joanna Serenko. People may remember her. She has been on this show. Um, she was a contender on The Voice, maybe the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. Um, here's a track that Dave and Joanna did together called Don't Dream It's Over. But there's no proof. In the paper today, tales of war and of waste, but you turn right over to the TV page. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. When the world comes in. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.